please take a seat. The reading is Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 2, and can be found on page 1209 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then continuing from verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated, along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Evening, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's uh, great to be with you. If you don't know me, my name's Sam. I'm a curate here at Platt, but I actually oversee the two TCC church plants. Uh, one just based at Trinity Community Centre over the road, and then the other one based in the place, the library at the top end of Platt Lane. If you want to know more about it, you can come and speak to me later on. But it's a real joy to be with you, especially. Uh, today. It's fantastic. Uh, Why don't we pray as we begin? (coughs) Father, thank you so much that you speak to us clearly about your Son in your Scriptures, and we ask that your Spirit would come and open each of our hearts and our ears, our eyes and our minds, so that we might behold Christ uh, and love him. And we ask that in his name. Amen. Well, it is just great to be here uh, at this baptism service. And, you know, I love baptism services. I love seeing what Jesus is doing around the world and, and in the lives of people. It's just great to see Jesus transforming and changing people here in Manchester. I also love baptism services because they give us, all of us, an opportunity to look at our own lives. And if we're not baptized here, uh, it's an opportunity to ask, why, you know, why would someone allow themselves to be plunged into a, a reasonably warm pool of water in front of a whole bunch of people? Why would they do that? It's an opportunity to ask that question. And for those of us who have been baptized, whether as an infant uh, or as a, an adult, <clears throat> It's an opportunity to be reminded of our own baptisms, to remember those things that we we declared or those things that were declared over us. It's an opportunity to to think about them. And in that service, we we heard uh, uh, professions of faith. And just for a few moments, uh, a few minutes, I just want to think about faith from Hebrews chapter 11. 
And we've got it there. If you've got your Bibles uh, open, we've got it just there, Hebrews 11. Faith, you know, it's one of those words in in our society, I think, that's lost lost its teeth. Um, People have all sorts of different ideas about what faith is. For some people, faith is, is when, when all the evidence points in that direction, faith is going in that direction. Sort of this blind trust. I mean, that's not what faith is in the Bible. Or, or you might have had this uh, yourself. You know, people come and say, um, I, I want your faith. As if it's some kind of commodity that can be passed on. Again, that's not what faith is in the Bible. <clears throat> Society might be very unclear about what faith is. But, the, but God, in his word, very clear about what faith is. And really, the, the, the longest reflection on faith is, is here in Hebrews chapter 11. Just, just before we get into Hebrews 11, we're, we're dipping into to Hebrews here, ne- nearly at the end. Maybe it's just worth getting a little overview of Hebrews. Hebrews uh, is this, this amazing book of the Bible that's really split into two parts, Part one is sort of chapters one to ten, where where all it's doing really is saying, here's Jesus, look at him, isn't he amazing? He's greater than everyone and everything you could ever imagine. And he's greater than the angels, he's greater than Moses and Joshua, he's greater than the whole sacrificial system, just just look at him. The only thing that we're told to do in those whole ten chapters is to, to listen to Jesus and to look at him. That's all we're told to do in 10 chapters of the Bible. And yet the, the, the last three chapters of the, of the Bible is sort of saying, well, how do we respond to this big vision of Jesus? How, how do we live in the light of who Jesus is? And the answer of Hebrews chapter 11 is obviously faith. Have faith. Can we see there in Hebrews 11 verses one? Well, one to three, really. We see faith there. If we we could just sum it up, maybe. Faith is believing what God says. Believing what God says about the past. How everything was made. How the world was brought into being. But also believing everything that God has to say about the future. Where everything's heading. But what is it that... I've got to be careful here. what What is it that God says... What does he say about the past and the, and the future? Well, well, if you could just turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles there. Hebrews chapter 1 just said, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, Jesus. And get this, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Who's Jesus? The one who, in whom everything's heading towards. He's the future, according to Hebrews. He's where everything's heading. But also, he's the one that made everything. He's the the beginning, the the origin, the source of of everything. So what's faith when we think about Hebrews 1 and Hebrews 11? It's It's trusting Jesus with the past, that he's got it all under control. But also trusting Jesus with the future. And here's the key part, and so trusting him in the present. Trusting Jesus with the past, trusting Jesus with the future, and so trusting him with the present. 
What does it look like to do that? What does it look like to trust him in the present? Well, that's what Hebrews 11 is helping us with. And it doesn't give us just this kind of series of bullet points of just facts. or or, It gives us stories of people. In in Hebrews 11, faith looks like a 90-year-old woman preparing for her first child. In Hebrews 11, faith looks like a guy who could have lived in in a city, but he pitches up a tent and lives in that. In Hebrews 11, faith is a guy getting a big stick and and raising it up to split an ocean. (laughs) It's stuff that just doesn't make sense. But that's faith in Hebrews 11. We're just going to zoom in to one story just for a few minutes. And it's the story of Moses. Don't know how much everyone knows about the story of Moses. Maybe you know it really well. Maybe you've just seen the Prince of Egypt, which doesn't tell the whole story. Or if you're a little bit older, maybe Charlton Heston Ten Commandments film, which is uh, one of those really long ones, isn't it? But the story of Moses, you know, he's, uh, he, was, he was born in Egypt uh, to, to an Israelite couple, but, but at the time he was born, the Pharaoh at the time was threatened by the Israelites and put a law in the land for all of the Israelite baby boys to be thrown into the River Nile. But Moses' parents didn't want to do that. Instead, they put him in a little, a little boat and uh, sent him down the Nile. And he ended up, the last place you'd, you'd want him to end up, at, at Pharaoh's household. And, and his daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, takes Moses in as her own son and raises him up in Pharaoh's household. Moses is raised up in that, in that place of power. And Hebrews wants us to see just what Moses had in front of him. Just see there, verse 25, pleasures. Can you see that word there, pleasures? And can you see there in verse 26, treasures, treasures of Egypt. Moses had before him the pleasures and the treasures of Egypt. Well, what's pleasures? Well, the only other time that that word comes up in the New Testament, pleasures, is in 1 Timothy 6, 7, and that's in relation to sex and food. So whatever Moses wanted by way of sex or food, anything that he fancied in his position in Egypt, he could have had. Whatever he wanted, whatever the world had to offer, it could have been his. And treasures, unrivaled amounts of money in, the, in Egypt, and it could have been his. Now, money, sex, and food, of course, are, are, can be great gifts of God, used rightly. But when they become our gods, they can become totally destructive to our faith. And so Moses had this on the one hand, the, the, the pleasures and the treasures of Egypt. Basically, all that the world had to offer Life really just lived lived for himself. But on the other hand, what does he have? What's the other option for him? We'll see there verse 25. Ill-treated, ill-treatment along with the people of God. Or verse 26, disgrace for the sake of Christ. Can you see that? The options that he's got before him. He's got pleasures and treasures of the global superpower on one hand. 
or he's got disgrace, persecution, rejection, suffering for Christ on the other. What does he choose? He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. With those two options before him, he looks at them and he says, I want that, I want Christ. What made him choose persecution over pleasure? What made him say no to the pleasures and the treasures of Egypt and yes to Christ? Well, just, just two, two quick thoughts. One, he saw the world for what it was. Can we see that, that, that word in verse 25? Fleeting pleasures. He saw the world for what it was. Fleeting. Passing away. Here today, gone tomorrow. You know, we live in a world, in the, well, in this country, of um, people who want to put down roots, try everything, taste everything, go everywhere, Read those hundred books that we're supposed to read before we die. Moses wasn't like that. He saw, he saw the world for what it was. Sure, these might have been temporary pleasures, but they were passing away. So you get a sense of that with Abraham's story. Abraham's this guy who chose to live in tents rather than live in a city. Why would he do that? What's the difference between a tent and a building? A tent's something that's temporary. You can, you can pick it up and carry it around. Can't do that with a building. And that's what he was, he was making that point. He was saying, this world, it's like a tent. It's passing away. It's temporary. Something that's, that's going to that's gonna go at some point. Sure, Moses, he could have lived this life with all of Egypt's pleasures and treasures. But he wouldn't be in Hebrews 11 today. I wonder, do we see the world as it really is, how God says it is, fleeting and passing away in its current form? Moses also knew, though, that a new creation was coming. He's looking ahead to, to that. And that leads us on to our, our second point. Not only did he see the world for what it was, but also he saw Christ for who he is. Moses saw Christ for who he is. Can you see that in verse 26? He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. Moses knew Christ, trusted him. If you don't believe me, believe the Church of England. I'm sure many people here have got the 39 articles memorized. And you'll know Article 7, the Old Testament, is not contrary to the New. For in both... Everlasting life is offered to mankind by Christ, who is the only mediator between God and man, being both God and man. They are not to be heard which feign that the old fathers, like Moses and Abraham, did only look for transitory promises. No, Moses had a vision of Christ that was such that he was able to, to look at the pleasures and treasures of Egypt, the best that the world had to offer. And look at Christ and say, I want him. What is it when we see Christ? What do we see when we see Christ? We see one who loves us to death 
and beyond, through the grave, one who becomes one of us, lives the life we we haven't lived, dies the death we deserve, and is risen to new life to give us his life for free. One who says to us, all that I I am, I give to you. All that I have, I, I share with you. Moses knew Christ as his great reward. Of course, he knew that this new creation was was coming. A renewed earth where heaven and earth were all wrongs will be made right. All suffering and pain and death will end. But he knew that Jesus was the very heaven of heaven. And I don't know about you, but that Moses' decision challenges my small vision of Christ. He was able to say no to all that the world had to offer for Christ. That challenges me. I don't know about about you here tonight. Would my current vision of Christ enable me to say no to the pleasures and treasures of Egypt and yes to Christ? Now, none of us are called to make that decision. But actually, we're called to make the same choices every day. Do we choose what the world has to offer, that kind of living for ourselves, those fleeting temporary pleasures, or do we choose Christ? And let me say this, that every time we choose Jesus Christ, we're never shortchanged. He is our very great reward. So faith is about having a vision of Jesus big enough to say no to the world and all that it has to offer. How, how do we grow? How do we grow in that vision of Christ? As always, it's the simple stuff. The scriptures. When we read the scriptures, what are we looking for? Are we looking for a to-do list? Or are we expecting to meet with Jesus on every page. The Pharisees, you might have heard of them, the religious guys in Jesus' day, they, Jesus says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you'll receive eternal life. Yet these are the scriptures that testify to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. May we read the scriptures to find Christ and grow our vision of him and who he is. And we've got our church family you know, we, were, we had two people baptized and two renewing their baptism vows. And you know, being baptized is about joining the church life and saying, you know, this is my church family. I want to grow with you guys. That's how we grow in faith. Together, we do it together as we lift one another's eyes up to Jesus Christ. As we just draw things to an end, many, many Christians have had this kind of a vision of Jesus that's sustained them, and help them to say yes to him and no to the things of this world. At TCC, we've got many people who've lost family and friends and homes because they said yes to Jesus, and he's been enough for them. Oh, I love the story of Charles Wesley. Do you know the great hymn writer? He wrote, And Can It Be? and Heart the Herald Angels Sing. On his deathbed, he penned what I think is his greatest verse. He's, he's dying. And he he wrote this verse, In age and feebleness extreme, who can a helpless worm redeem? 
Jesus, my only hope thou art, strength of my failing flesh and heart. Get this, he says, or if I could catch one smile from thee, then drop into eternity. Just one smile was enough from Jesus to sustain Charles Wesley on his deathbed. How big is our vision of Jesus? How big is our vision of Jesus? We've heard from, and I'll finish with this, we've heard from our our, our baptism uh, candidates today, these four, these four, four people that Jesus has, has claimed and transformed. We've heard them renounce the world, the deceitfulness of sin, and say yes to Jesus. I thought that was awesome. And that's, that's something that they're going to have to do every single day. No to the things of the world and yes to Jesus. And there's so much more for all of us to know of him. I asked Grace and Imogen, you know, why, why Jesus? I'll just share what, what they said, said to me. Grace said, Jesus is great mercy and forgiveness. He's helped me to handle situations with my friends differently, how I resolve problems with, with, with his love and compassion. And Imogen, choosing Jesus does mean saying no to some things and a complete yes to him and his will. But if there's anyone or anything you're going to say yes to, it's Jesus. The Lord is love and good. Knowing that he suffered the most makes our nose easy. Jesus is the one who's loved us to death and beyond, the very heaven of heaven. May we all, by faith in him, fix our eyes on Jesus and find in him everything we could ever want or need. Amen.